Welcome to Indigenous Faith with Craig and LaDonna Smith. For the next 30 minutes, we invite you to join Craig and LaDonna as they open God's Word and help Indigenous followers of Jesus Christ learn how to live a biblically healthy life in the context of their culture and tribal traditions. Craig is a member of the White Earth Band of Ojibwe Indians from northern Minnesota and is an author, public speaker, and gospel singer. LaDonna is from the Navajo Nation from the American Southwest. She is also a gifted singer and writer and a deeply committed student of God's Word. Together, they have served Christ for over four decades in a ministry that has taken them to indigenous people all across North America and to a dozen countries around the world. Once again, thank you for joining us today for this week's edition of Indigenous Faith. And now, get ready to take a journey with Craig and LaDonna into God's Word to see what he has to say about living out an indigenous faith that helps us all live lives that please him and gives us power for victorious Christian living. To the other events of Hezekiah's reign and his acts of devotion are written in the vision of the prophet Isaiah son of Amos in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. Hezekiah rested with his fathers, was buried on the hill where the tombs of David's descendants are. All Judah and all the people of Jerusalem honored him when he died, and Manasseh his son succeeded him as king. Now, it doesn't go into the details here, LaDonna. Yeah, it doesn't. We actually That's why have, we have one, two other... Um, exactly. We have to look at some of the other uh-huh. uh, collaborating chapters give us a little and, and more verses detail. that give us a detail. Yeah. So, one of the things Hezekiah did right, as we read, was how he dealt with God's people because what they did with the brazen serpent made by Moses nearly 700 years early. We read about that in the book of Numbers. Uh, It was originally a created and crafted uh, pole, which was used by God to bring deliverance Mm -hmm. uh, for God's people and healing. And that was recorded for us in Numbers 21 and verse 9. LaDonna, what does that verse say? It says, So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. This pole that God allowed Moses to make had a serpent, a a snake, wrapped around it all the way up to the top of the pole. And it was used by God to bring deliverance, uh, as LaDonna read in Numbers 21, verse 9, and healing. Uh, God did an amazing supernatural um, intervention in the lives of, of the children of Israel. If any of them were bitten by a snake when that pole was there, um, they looked upon that bronze snake. They and were they healed. Lived. They yes. lived. They yes. lived. They were healed. Now, the problem is anything like that can become a sacred object. Mm. It can be used yes. instead of for God's divine purpose. You look at that as a healing. What ha- you, you look know, to the ro- you're looking to the, the wrong, wrong thing. thing. Yeah, don't look to that. Look the to icon. God. You got to look to God. It it, it yeah. directed them to the Lord originally, and here it became an idol of God's yeah. people, distracting them from the true yeah. God, uh, rather than a reminder or even an emblem that drew them closer to the Lord. Like we always say, anything can become mm-hmm. a sacred object if a people group designates it as such. And unfortunately, that's what the children of Israel did under Hezekiah's reign. Now that's further in line with the teaching that our indigenous faith materials go uh, present, my friend. About anything can be a sacred thing, mm-hmm. even if I, if one of God's people makes it. It doesn't necessarily. Well, even if God made it, mm-hmm. 
You know, I mean, if, if a nation describes or ascribes mm-hmm. to uh, a, an animal a sacredness to it in their theology, in their tribal cultural theology, it is removed from the category of what God said when he made all mm-hmm. things in Genesis, in the early chapters of Genesis, as good mm-hmm. to becoming detestable. We talked about that in mm-hmm. our indigenous faith teaching and as we looked in the, in the book of Ezekiel. Uh, chapter mm-hmm. 8, uh, that there were these detestable animals that were being carved into the temple of God. Why were they detestable? God made them. Mm-hmm. And they were good. He said it's good. But no one, a nation, gives something over to uh, a pagan worship or, or animistic worship or spiritistic worship. It becomes a sacred thing. Mm-hmm. And that always brought the ire mm-hmm. of God, the judgment of God on his people. Mm-hmm. He knew that's what the world would do. And they'd do it left and right Mm -hmm. but he did not want that to be a part of the life of of his children whether it's children of israel the old covenant people or the church of jesus christ today the new covenant people that uh uh, is still living on planet earth today so this is in line with uh, what you've heard us teaching all along in our indigenous faith Mm -hmm. teaching my friend Uh, we're not deviating from that but this the story into Hezekiah's life and times with his people and where they deviated uh, when this happened, mm-hmm. it, it brought it brought uh, not the blessing of God but the judgment of God. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Ladana, I, I know there's another passage of scripture we want to look at, and that's Second uh, Kings chapter eighteen in two verses five and six. Can you read for us what it says and help us understand another good thing that Hezekiah did right? Uh, in the, in this Second Kings 18 chapter. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. There was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, either before him or after mm. him. I mean, that's even David. David wow. was before him. Yeah. So there was nobody like him. He was A- set up Well, of course, part- King Ahaz was evil. His dad yes, was evil. And then right. his son Manasseh was evil. Yes, but uh, there was no one like him in godliness to right. get the, the yeah. back on track. Yes, what the Lord wanted that's him correct. to do. Yep. He held fast to the Lord and did not stop following him. He kept the commands the Lord had given Moses. He did this in the midst of extreme political, military, and economic pressure to do just the opposite. Now, I would say that's leadership, Craig. That is leadership. Would you say that? We Godly, need leaders like that. Godly leaders. We also see that later in life, he was facing an illness that was going to claim his life. We read that. With that particular challenge, we see one of the most interesting divine interventions that's recorded in all of Scripture. We read about this in Second Kings 20. I'm going to ask you, LaDonna, to read this okay. passage of Scripture. It's incredible. Friend, listen up. This yes. is really amazing what happened to King Hezekiah uh, when he was deathly ill. Yes. Okay. Okay, this is Second Kings chapter 20, verses 1 to 11, and this is the NIV. In those days Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The son of Amos went to him and said, This is what the Lord says, Put your house in order because you are going to die. You will not recover. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, Remember, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Before Isaiah had left the middle court, okay, here's the prophet, Isaiah, going to deliver the message, mm-hmm. get your house in order, because you're, 
your life is going to be ended soon. Okay, he must have been pretty sick too if he was there, mm-hmm. you know, um, and he well, wasn't going to recover. It says that he was, at, says that he was at, the, at the point of death. Yes. And and here's Hezekiah turning to the Lord and talking right to the away. Lord. And here's the, the Isaiah turning and walking out of the vicinity here. But here's what the Lord says in verse 5. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the ruler of my people, this is what the Lord, the God of your father David, says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life, and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake Mm -hmm. and for the sake of my servant David. He must have been really sick, Craig, Mm -hmm. because... uh, you know, it, it would be the third day. He was on his way to the last day, you know. Uh, he was ready to... <laughs> but here it says, and, and Isaiah said in verse 7, Prepare a poultice of figs. And they did so and applied it to the boil. So it must have gotten into his blood, Craig, mm-hmm. like a blood disease. Mm-hmm. Isn't it interesting? It wasn't just a divine healing, but God used the healing arts yeah. as a part of that. Like we sometimes go to the doctors yeah. to help us with medication or, or surgery or this or that to yeah. help facilitate a healing. This uh-huh. was both. And in this case, in it was the herbs and things, yeah. you know. It wasn't mm-hmm. a created thing. By, it was God's creation uh, applied this poultice of figs. It they, was both a supernatural and a natural amen. healing process. And they yeah. did so and applied it to the boil, and he recovered. Hezekiah had asked Isaiah, What will be the sign that the Lord will heal me and that I will go up to the temple of the Lord on the third day from now? He must have thought that he was pretty, that Mm -hmm. he didn't know if he was going to make it. So what's going to be the sign? And in verse 9, Isaiah answered, This is the Lord's sign to you that the Lord will do what he has promised. Shall the shadow go forward ten steps or shall it go back ten steps? It is a simple matter, quote, this is what he said, Hezekiah. It is a simple matter for the shadow to go forward ten steps, said Hezekiah, rather than have it go back ten steps. Then the prophet Isaiah called on the Lord, and the Lord made the shadow go back the ten steps it had gone down on the stairway of Ahaz. Not only stop time, but back up time is what he's asking for. Yes. That's the sign. That's, that's a sign. And uh, now Hezekiah received from God what many have wished for. Right, Craig? A lot of mm. people, the knowledge of the specific time of his death. You know, if we knew the specific time our life would be ended, we might live our life a little differently. Yeah. We might not work well, as hard on things that we think are so we important. May not, yeah, we, we might spend more time with our family. Or the, something. There's possibility of doing good things and maybe being yeah. indifferent and you know, waiting till the very end to get right with God or something like that, you know. And I mean it it's it's a toss up. Yes. <laughs> in terms of how would it be if I knew that I was gonna be fifteen more years here on planet Earth. Yes. Yeah. Okay, and it says, um, now Hezekiah received from God what many may have wished for, the knowledge of a specific time of death. How did Hezekiah respond to this information? And what was the end result? Was well, second Kings twenty Verses 2 and 3, and verse 6, reminds us that the news of Hezekiah's impending death caused him to turn his mm-hmm. face to the wall, weep and pray. Craig, you know, when bad news comes, you know, you know, a lot just can't believe it. Like some people, they don't even feel like they're sick. 
Hmm. And then they get this devastating news, mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. you know, that you don't have long to live. Well, here, when this news was given to him, he turned to the wall, he wept, and he prayed. He reminded God of how he had lived up until that time and the sincerity of his heart toward God. And immediately, the prophet Isaiah was sent back to Hezekiah by God with a new message. Hezekiah was told that he would be healed and would live 15 Mm -hmm. additional years. Hmm. Unfortunately, Hezekiah seemingly did not respond to the news of his impending death with the prayer, Thy will be done. And it was during the additional 15 years granted him that Hezekiah didn't handle this great gift of extra life from God very well. He exposed the wealth and military capabilities of Judah to visiting Babylonian diplomats, which were pagan. Because of this, Hezekiah was chastened by God with judgment to follow in later generations. You know, Craig, when we're disobedient, Hmm. it's not just our lifespan. It could have repercussions. Far into the future. Far into the future. It was also during this time that Hezekiah's son Manasseh was born. Manasseh turned out to be one of Judah's most wicked kings, rebuilding. He rebuilt the idolatrous worship sites which his father Hezekiah had destroyed, even sacrificing his own son. This is what Manasseh did, supporting witchcraft and leading the nation down a terrible path. This is so sad to my heart, Craig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sad. There was no way for Hezekiah to know these future happenings when he wept before the Lord. Here's an interesting but unanswerable question to consider. Do you think Hezekiah's choices would have been different if he had not been given a timeline? Mm-hmm. How would we and our listeners respond today if we were given a timeline as to how many more days or even years we have left to live? Would we, as Hezekiah was told to do, get our house in order? Or would we become lax between now and the appointed time? Mm-hmm. The point should be made That's right. wow. that there is a definite need to be completely yielded to God's plan for our lives. He knows what's best for us, whether or not we can see or understand it. Yeah, wow. that uh, That's a very interesting question that... Uh, I wonder how I would do if I was if I was assured by God I would have 15 more years of life, especially with illnesses and challenges and injuries that my body has sustained over the years. And it would be a miracle if that happened. But uh, what if I was assured of that? You know, how would I how would I respond? I oh, I w- would wish and hope that it would be godly response, but. I, I think from Hezekiah's life, as a godly of a man he was, and leader he was, that did, didn't necessarily mean he would do well in the end of his life. When, when, when God gives us an extension of life, you know, we see the humbleness of King Hezekiah. We see the plea to the Lord, and the Lord it gave him those 15 years. But here, I want to just read here verse in Second Kings chapter 12. Here, we see in, within those 15 years that mm-hmm. something happened. There was a crack in the wall of protection, a a dependence on the Lord, his God. I want to just read this. At that time, Baradach, Baladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present to Hezekiah, for he heard that Hezekiah was sick. Hezekiah was attentive to them and showed them all the house of his treasures, the silver and the gold, the spices and the precious ointment and all his armory, 
it's like showing the enemy showing what off. you have. Yeah. I have this these kinds of weapons, mm-hmm. these kinds of things. This is how many I have. There was nothing in his house or in all his dominion that Hezekiah did not show them. Then Isaiah the prophet went to King Hezekiah and said to him, What did these men say, and from where did they come from? So Hezekiah said, They came from a far country, from Babylon. <laughs> Almost like <laughs> it was just like nothing. Yeah. What I did was, wasn't wrong. And Hezekiah said, And he said, What have they seen in your house? This is what Isaiah says. So Hezekiah answered, They have seen all that is in my house. There's nothing among my treasures that I have not shown them. There was some pride there. Mm -hmm. You know, when you get better, you feel better. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we forget the what God has done for us. And we see that there's a temptation to forget that and to let the enemy come in and show him all the things that we have. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and what your fathers had accumulated unto this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. And they shall take away some of your sons who will descend from you, whom you will beget, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. So Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord which you have spoken is good. He said, Will there not be peace and truth, at least in my days? You know, he wasn't thinking about the future, was he, Craig? No, no. Yes. Well, there's another interesting part of Hezekiah's experience during this extended part of his life. There was an amazing miracle that God provided to Hezekiah, which is recorded for us a little later on in 2 Kings 20, and that's in found in verses 8 through 11 it says Hezekiah asked Isaiah what will be the sign that the Lord will heal me and I'll go up to the temple on the third day we read this but let's remember what it says Isaiah answered this is the Lord's sign to you that the Lord will do what he's promised shall the shadow go forward 10 steps or back 10 steps it's a simple matter for the shadow to go forward 10 steps said Hezekiah rather have it go back 10 steps then the prophet called on the Lord and the Lord made the shadow Go back 10 steps. It had gone down on the stairway to Ahaz. Now Hezekiah asked the prophet Isaiah for a sign from God to assure him of his healing, which was promised by the Lord. The miracle was that the shadow went actually backwards 10 degrees. Now some scholars have supposed that this was approximately 40 minutes in time, assuming that the shadow was marked on a 360-degree Babylonian sundial which was their Rolex watch back in those days. The sign was given at Hezekiah's request. But you know what? It wasn't necessary for God's promise of healing to be fulfilled. Whether he'd asked for it or not, God was going to do what God was going to do. So, Craig, this raises an important question we need to ask ourselves. Do we need to have a sign in order to trust God? Why or why not? You're full of too many good questions (laughs) today, LaDonna. (laughs) Carry on. The point should be made that while God sometimes sends signs, repeats promises, and so on, they are never something which can be mandated by us as a receivers, nor are they necessary to prove the trustworthiness of God. We thank God for every encouragement and faith-building sign which He sends our way, but our trust is in Him and not in signs which may or may not come. That is good. Read that one more time. But our trust is in Him and not in signs which may Mm. or may not come. So as we bring this study on the life of King Hezekiah to uh, a finish here, there really are several lessons we can learn from his 
life and story. The first thing is, when a crisis appears, we need to humbly spread it before the Lord, as He did, and ask Him to undertake for us. You know, I think the second thing, LaDonna, is is this. Our lives are on God's timetable. And it's important to always have our houses set in order to be mm-hmm. ready for either death or the coming Amen. of the Lord. His coming is Amen. soon. Yes. And uh, we, we may not live to see many more days here on planet mm-hmm. Earth mm-hmm. because of His soon return. I think of the early believers. They, they thought the Lord was going to come at any time. That's right. And yeah. they, all yeah. throughout ages, God's people are waiting, Amen. waiting faithfully. Well, there's one more thing, honey. What uh, what would you say to ba- well, uh, about number three? And finally, we are each entrusted with precious things from the Lord, and we must be careful to guard them. So we can not only finish well personally, but also pass those precious things on to those who follow us. Hmm. That's, that's good. Well, what a journey, friend. It's been into the life of King Hezekiah. It's taken a number of episodes to get through, right? Though not a perfect man, there never will be anyone other than the Lord who fits that bill while here on planet Earth. We can see why God considered him to be primarily a godly king who did right in the eyes of the Lord. As indigenous believers in Christ, this is the kind of leader we should honor as well. It's also a huge statement to all leaders, whether political or even religious ones, that to be honored by God is to lead people away from syncretistic practices and not into syncretistic practices. Leadership is a tremendous honor for any person to bear, but it comes with incredible responsibility before the Lord. All that matters is we listen to the admonition of God as recorded for us in Deuteronomy chapter 4, And verse 2, which says, do not add to what I command you, and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord your God I give you. And that's also mirrored for us, the last book of the Bible in Revelation, where uh, John the Revelator says this in chapter 22, verses 18 and 19. I warn everyone who hears the word of the prophecy of this scroll, if anybody adds to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in the scroll. And if anyone takes words away from the scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this scroll. Those are important bookends to all the rest of the truths that are found Mm -hmm. within those amazing passages that we've been digging into and reading. Wasn't this a fascinating journey into Hezekiah's life, LaDonna? I love the fact that we have a a hard copy here to open and study. Well, why don't you take us home then? Any closing thoughts you have? And then would you pray? Uh, pray as God leads for uh, our, our listeners that God will help us all to walk in obedience before Him. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I know we have many challenges in these days. Many. They're out there. And for our children and grandchildren. Posterity talks about um, our children and our grandchildren that God has given to us. We must... Think of the spiritual posterity that we want to give to our kids. And, and, and a way of doing it is living our lives out in obedience before the Lord. So let's talk to the Lord about that. If we have deficiencies there, Lord, please show me. May your precious Holy Spirit show me. Be in his word so that he can show us through his word. Just like we've studied here, we've, we've, we've learned much. We've gleaned from Hezekiah's life. And we can continue to study and and ask the Lord to 
ingrainedness into our thoughts, into our life. You know, you've heard the, the, the words being possessed by the devil. You know, and we think, oh, wow, all those scary movies. And, you know, we think of the Gadarean, the true story in, in Scripture and how God delivered him. And yet we see here that there is a spiritual, a spiritual possession that belongs to God alone. We are made by him and for him in his image. It's a different kind of possession. It's acknowledging that we were made by you and for you and we are yours. So let's pray together. Lord, I just want to pray for my dear brothers and sisters in Christ that are around the globe, really, wherever you want to take this, Lord, these studies, that there would be an encouragement in your word and that the power of the Holy Spirit would continue to speak to all of us because we know, Lord, that any day, Lord, we could meet you in the air. And even if it'll be a time that we'll, and we go to our grave, we know what the end will be. We will be risen to be with you and forever shall we be with you. Lord, I pray that you would hit home to us just the preciousness of knowing you and loving you and serving you. And that this is the most important thing in life is to acknowledge that. Thank you, Lord, for what you're teaching us. Be with uh, my brothers and sisters out there this week, coming weeks, Lord, as they serve you and as they want to make things right with you, as they ask you for help, for provision, for care, for protection. All these things, Lord, are ours in Christ. And Lord, how that looks, you will give that to us, Lord. Thank you. Thank you in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining Craig and LaDonna Smith and the Indigenous Faith Podcast. We trust today's episode has been an encouragement to you and helpful to you as you grow in faith as a follower of Jesus Christ. You can subscribe to this weekly broadcast and receive notifications when the next episodes are available. Simply follow the prompts on the tribalrescue.com website or the podcast platform you're using to sign up today. Don't forget to visit the Smiths website, tribalrescue.com, to learn more about the Smiths and Tribal Rescue Ministries. Be sure to visit their online store, where you can find more indigenous faith resources, including Craig's six-part DVD video series, and his six-part audio CD version of the same teaching. Also, Craig takes you deeper into the scriptures in his recently released Indigenous Faith paperback book, which will help you learn the secrets to a strong indigenous faith. All these resources, and other great books authored by Craig and LaDonna, can be accessed at their online store when you visit tribalrescue.com. The Smiths are dependent on the financial support of those who are benefiting from their teaching, preaching, and music ministry. Craig and LaDonna would like to ask you to consider supporting this ministry through your online giving, which you can easily and safely do on the tribalrescue.com website as well. You can also make your gift recurring if you so desire. If you'd like to support Craig and LaDonna, it will help them keep this podcast on the air, help them produce more books and resources, and enable them to continue sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ among people groups around the world. We'll see you next week, dear friends, on another edition of the Indigenous Faith Podcast. Until then, may the Lord richly bless you as you live out your own God-honoring, and biblically-based, Indigenous faith.